Welcome to the Launch Your Live podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with daily, top-level, live video tips, tricks, and strategies to not only help you start, but also excel at live streaming. Here are your hosts, Christian Karashevitz and Jim Fuse. Have you hesitated to start live streaming in your business because you don't know what to do, you lack the confidence, or you're afraid you'll screw something up? On this episode, we'll be joined by Melanie Diane Howe, where she helps people get started with live streaming, and you're going to learn five of the mistakes that people often make when they live stream and how you can avoid them. So, Jem, it's great seeing you again. This is episode 51 of the Launch Your Live podcast. I know we've got a great guest on this week, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Melanie, uh, Diane Howe has been doing live streaming for a while. I love how uh, her her tagline is, you know, helps you be scrappy without being crappy. I think uh, too many people take the wrong approach. She definitely has the right approach Uh, So uh, why don't we bring her on and learn a little bit more about her? Definitely. So Melanie, it's great having you join us yet again. I know you and I worked on some other projects, but um, it's it's fantastic having you join us for episode 51 of our podcast. Um, So I have a couple of questions. I know Jem, you know, he threw out your tagline and I love the tagline. You know, it's because a lot of people, I mean, they get stuck when they are Uh, trying to do anything, they get stuck on, you know, they get hung up on something and then they never actually launch whatever it is they want to do. Um, So, but before we begin and we start talking about some of those live streaming mistakes, uh, I want to hear though a little bit about your story. So how did you get started with live streaming? And and also, by the way, we also want to make sure you tell people a little bit about you. I, I think we covered everything, but maybe we didn't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, thanks, Christian Jim. It's great to be here. I'm really excited about this. I appreciate the opportunity to to share some things with your audience. So yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, Jim, you mentioned my my motto, my mission is to, you know, be scrappy, but not crappy. And I think that it really is just one of those things where sometimes, you know, you just have to get scrappy to get into action and to get into motion. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit of that today. But I also think that sometimes when we hear that phrase, like get scrappy, it just some people automatically think that that, you know, that means not good quality. Like the quality is not going to be there for you to be enough. And that, that is, that's a load of crap. Like I think, I mean, I am one of the scrappiest people. I will duct tape different apps together to get them to do what I want them to do. So, I mean, you can definitely be scrappy and it does not have to be crappy. And that's my mission is to get people to understand that and to empower them with the tips that they need so that they can put themselves out there. And live streaming is absolutely how I am constantly helping people and pushing them and encouraging them because I believe in the power of it. And I think it's one of the best ways that we can connect with our audiences. So um, to, to how I got started in live streaming, to be honest with you, I think it was back in 2015 that Facebook started slowly rolling out live video capabilities to, you know, large influencers and and pages. And and I got early access. I was one of those people that just one day I opened up my phone and there was the button. And I was like, yes. And I had heard about it and had seen it. A really good friend of mine was kind of already experimenting with it. And I was like, what is this? Does he is live right now? This is crazy. I can comment and I, he can see my comment. He can talk to me while he's live. I was all about it. And so I actually was, you know, running a marketing agency at the time. 
and helping people with social media. So I felt this pressure. I was like, well, I have to explore this because if I'm teaching people how to do their own social media, I have to know what's going on. And so there was this like pressure to to do it. And I remember, you know, the first time I went live, it was just this like, like I was nervous and it took me forever to finally click the button. But once I clicked the button, I was like, this is fantastic. This was, that was an awesome experience and I loved it. And so I never stopped going live, but I definitely kind of went in and out of it. Uh, But in the beginning of, you know, 2020, I wanted to get back into live streaming again. And I actually discovered StreamYard, uh, which is is a wonderful application and it made it fun again. And so after that, I honestly never stopped. And I just believed in the power of it all. And I had had a lot of uh, success with live streaming myself. And so I was kind of all in at that point. And then I just decided, you know what, more people need to know how to do this and they need to know it's not as difficult or as scary as it needs to be if you just get started. And so I became very passionate about helping entrepreneurs and businesses uh, use live video to make connections. That is that is so awesome. I, lo- I love that. Uh, yeah, and, and StreamYard is a great tool. In fact, we're recording this. Uh, it's really, this is a video podcast. This is what we call like our bonus interview series. And we're using StreamYard. And uh, yeah, I've been using StreamYard now since I think, February of 2019. And uh, I've been hard pressed, you know, even though there's been other companies come out to find it worth switching because they keep improving the product as well. So I think it's so easy to use. So Melanie, um, what are some of the common live streaming mistakes that uh, you see people make? Yeah, this, I love this because I think that people are afraid to get started with live video because they're afraid of making mistakes. So I'm really, I'm really excited to share some of these things to help people hopefully prevent, you know, maybe falling into these traps or simply just not knowing that this is something they shouldn't do. Right. So there's a lot you should do, but there's also some things you shouldn't do. So one of the really great things about live video is how engaging it can be. I mean, you have, you are on video, you're live, people are commenting on your video. You can talk to the people that are commenting. They can ask questions. You can answer their questions. It's so fun. It's fantastic. But you want to be engaging, but you don't want to be over engaging. And I see this a lot. People get very distracted by the comments. They are nervous already, maybe, and they start seeing all these comments come in and they get a little off topic or the show flow is just a little bit, I don't know, just like stop and start, right? So they're in the middle of making a really great point. We're on the edge of our seats about this wonderful tip they're about to share with us. And then all of a sudden they get distracted by, you know, somebody that's commenting and they're, they, you know, they're like, okay, the next thing you need to do is, oh, Jim's here. How's it going, Jim? You know, I'm so glad you're here. And so you're like, no, what do you, what were you about to say? And so <laughs> over-engaging, it's not that I don't want you to be engaging. It's just, there's a time for it. And so you really want to be engaging when you get your live video started. And then you want to have like a good outline. So have some notes. That's always one of the things I tell people is be prepared, but you want to make your points and then engage in between those points that you make. So if you have five key, you know, points that you're going to be sharing, you know, five bullet points, if you will, then share your tip, give us the insights, give us the knowledge, teach us the things, and then then go to the comments and engage. And so that is definitely one of the, the first mistakes that I wanted to cover is that like I said, I want you to be engaging, but don't be engaging at the wrong times. And so that that's definitely the first mistake. Um, and honestly, 
the next mistake that I, I'm going to share with you, the, the way you mitigate this mistake is actually going to help you organize how you engage. So one of the things I always say is don't look at the comments when you are making your bold point or your key points. So you might be streaming from just a phone and those comments are right there. <laughs> so it's very difficult not to look at them. Or if you're streaming from a browser, you know, the comments are going to be displayed where you can see them. But one of the ways you can avoid looking at the comments is to look into the camera lens, which is what you should be doing anyway. And so the second mistake that I want you to avoid is not looking into the camera lens. And so the reason for this is that when you look into the camera lens, that is you looking into the eyes of your viewers. When you're looking at yourself on screen, then you're looking away from the eyes. So that is something I see often with, uh, especially uh, new streamers as they are, I mean, it's natural. We wanna look in our own eyes because your, your face is on screen and you're looking into the eyes of someone looking back at you happens to be yourself which is something you have to kind of get used to. But you really want to make sure you're looking into that camera lens as much as possible, especially when you are making your main points. And so honestly, one of the ways that you can avoid getting distracted by the comments is to actually look into that camera lens when you're making those key points and then glance to the comments in between those key points. So that was the second mistake that I wanted to make sure that people avoid for sure. So another one that I'll go on is, so in one, like I said, talking about engagement, people can be commenting, they can be asking questions, uh, they might be agreeing with what you're saying, they may have a question about what you're saying. One thing you want to avoid is responding to these questions and comments without actually repeating them. So let's say somebody asks you a question about something you're saying, and if you just go right into answering their question, you say, oh yeah, Jim, yeah, yeah, okay, so what you want to do there are going to be so many people who are going to be multitasking while they are, you know, listening or watching your live stream video. And so if they're not looking at you or reading the comments themselves, they have no idea what Jim asked or said, right? And so one of the best strategies that you can do that really can make a really great experience for your audience is to repeat those comments or repeat those questions that you are going to address. Now, you don't have to repeat every question or every comment that comes through, just the ones that you're going to address. So one of the things you can do, one of the ways you can really increase engagement is to use an application like StreamYard. You can actually click on that comment, display that comment on, on screen. Even if you do that, I still want you to repeat that question or that comment, because again, there's going to be a lot of viewers that are going to be multitasking asking and not actually looking at the screen. Now, extra credit here. This is extremely critical if you are multi-streaming, which is going live in more than one place at once. Maybe you're live on YouTube, you're live inside of a Facebook group and on your page, which is what I like to do. Somebody on YouTube cannot even see any of the comments on Facebook. So if somebody from Facebook's commenting, now, if, unless you read that comment or display it on screen, the YouTubers are very confused. They have no idea who Jim is or where Jim's coming from or what's going on. And so this, you know, can just create kind of a, a not so fun experience for your audience. So the fourth thing that I will say is lack of good audio. That's a big mistake. I think that, I think it's something that people overlook. I think a lot of people get really focused on the video, the camera quality, you know, the scene that they have and it can look great. It can be amazing, but if it doesn't have good audio, then the experience is also going to be a little bit challenged. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of people are going to be multitasking and actually listening to your stream, not necessarily watching you the whole time. And if the audio is really bad and really crappy, 
some people get very annoyed and just noise pollution. And they just, it actually is distracting for them. Have you ever been on the phone with somebody and they're like on their AirPods and they're in the gym or something and you can hear everything. You can hear all the voices in the background, all the weights slamming around, you know, or maybe they're in the airport. You literally are like, just call me when you're done. Just call me back <laughs> because it's just like, ugh. the same thing can happen on your live stream if you don't have the proper audio. So you definitely want to try to use a microphone if possible. You almost always want to wear headphones if you're going to have other audio in your stream. Like if you're interviewing somebody or if you're playing music or playing anything from your screen, sharing any kind of demonstration videos or whatnot, you want to wear headphones because it's going to uh, eliminate any feedback. And then the other thing, as I mentioned, is you want to try to eliminate any kind of background noise. So you want to be in a quiet room when you want to prepare everyone in your house or in your office and say, Hey, I'm going to be live. So you guys need to keep it down. Let them know because any of that background noise that gets introduced can be very confusing and a little bit distracting for your audience as well. Now, the fifth thing that I will say, the mistake that people make is they don't go live enough. Now, I know this sounds kind of interesting. It's not very tactical, but you really, sometimes the only way to really get good at something or to feel more comfortable with something is frequency. And honestly, that's how live video is. I've been going live since 2015, late 2015. And as I said, I've kind of ebbed and flowed in my frequency with it, but I always feel so much more comfortable when I go live with a, with a lot more consistency and a lot more regularity. And so you get better and better and better and more comfortable when you go live more and more and more. And so also, if you really want good results, you need to be going live at least once a week because your audience needs to get used to seeing you on live video frequently. And if you only go live once a month or once a quarter or, oh, I'm promoting something, so I'm going to go live, you know, five times this week. And then, then you don't ever go live again. Well, your audience isn't trained to be consuming this type of content from you. And if you really do want to get results, the best thing to do is just continue to go live and go live on the regular basis. Like I said, once a week is a great place to start. You can even go live more than that if you want to. Ever since I started going live very consistently on a weekly basis, I have seen all of my numbers grow and I have seen more people coming to me for collaborations and I've just, the, my results have honestly just completely gone through the roof in comparison to the way they were before. So if you really want that momentum and you want to get those results, you want to go live as often as possible. So those are my five major mistakes that I want people to avoid. Now, I do have a bonus one if you guys kind of want to go into a bonus one. But I mean, what do you guys think about those mistakes? Yeah. What do you, yeah, have you I've, seen people do the same things? I, I, I would agree with you too. I think the, the big uh, problem is it's that lack of consistency. And I really like your comment about like repeat the question. And even you could even write say, oh, you know, uh, you know, Melanie over on Facebook wants to know, so people know where that's coming from, because maybe they'll go check it out on that stream later. And I think, you know, the, even multi-streaming, though, uh, I think there's a kind of a debate on that is like, if you really want your audience in one place, eventually you need to drive them to that destination and have your community engaged there. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Melanie, uh, in that regards. Yeah, I think multi-streaming is, I mean, what I love about multi-streaming is, is it, it honestly, it lets us, I mean, it lets us stretch ourselves, right? So I used to have, you know, I, I have a Facebook group and then I also have my Facebook page. And then of course my YouTube channel was really just sitting there as a place for me to like create tip videos and host them so I could embed them into a blog post. I had no YouTube strategy at all. But once I started using StreamYard, which makes multi-streaming as easy as the click of a button, literally, uh, you know, I actually started doing this multi-streaming thing. And what I loved the most at first, I was like, 
I can now, you know, do these Q and A's and this content for my Facebook group. But then I also don't have to spend all this extra time creating content for my Facebook page. I think a lot of people avoid their Facebook page because it's not, they don't get as much, you know, organic reach and whatnot, but that's the storefront of your business or of your organization. If you have a group, that's the inside. You have to have a way to invite people in, right? And so you can't abandon your Facebook page. And what multi-streaming does is it makes it easier for you to be creating content in these different destinations and nurturing these audiences, but as you mentioned, driving traffic maybe to each platform. So, you know, my YouTube channel is now growing and it's honestly because I started multi-streaming and I was able to start creating regular content over there. But because of that, I'll be on YouTube, you know, I'm on YouTube, but I'm also talking about my group because I'm streaming in both places. All of a sudden people on YouTube are like, well, I want to continue hanging out with you. So I've had a lot of people come from YouTube and they've joined my Facebook community. So it really is a great way to um, increase and drive traffic cross-channel wise. Yeah. And so I, I've got a couple of you know other things I thought that were really important that you talked about. For example, the responding to questions or comments. You know, the other reason why I think that's super important is because, you know, if somebody is tuning into a live stream, we're all going to be joining at various points as well during your stream. So for example, you know, if you start on the, you know, if you start giving the answer, but you haven't repeated the question, somebody happens to join, well, then they got to go find that particular spot of the live stream. And that can actually be a little bit challenging depending on the device or the platform you're viewing on. So I really love that point you made. Uh, and then also, I mean, just speaking to the consistency side, like not going live enough, you talked about diminished reach on a Facebook page. You know, if people are not seeing your content, you need to be going live more frequently. And it doesn't mean, oh, I need to do, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours a day. You could do a 30 minute episode or a one hour episode, you know, one time a week. I mean, can we all agree that like I can find 30 minutes to one hour a day to go live, right? So I love, you know, just the idea of talking about getting people to go live more frequently because it also helps you overcome that barrier, you know, of not being confident on camera, but also um, not being seen as well. So mm -hmm. really good points there. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next question here. And this is, you know, what are some steps that people can take to get started mm -hmm. uh, with live streaming? Do uh, you have any uh, tips you want to share with our listeners and viewers? Yeah, I, I love this because my bonus was literally like the biggest mistake you need to avoid is not getting started. Like so many people talk and strategize and overthink and they they buy equipment and they they take courses or they they watch and they're like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start going live. And I'm like, okay, great. And then they're like, I'm gonna start in June. I'm like, it's January. It's like what? Like, no, go live tomorrow. <laughs> Come on. Why? What are you waiting for? And I think that that is one of the biggest mistakes is the failure to actually click go live. And so, you know, I think that what happens is, is people just overthink it. They over strategize it. And I, you know, I always get this like tough love in me. I mean, like there's this tough Mel that comes out and I'm like, look, I love you dearly, but it's all fear-based. These are all excuses. You're scared to go live. The only thing you need is a freaking phone to go live or a tablet. Who doesn't have a, a phone or a tablet these days? I mean, heck, your kids have a tablet probably, you know, so grab that device and start going live because the best way to get started is to get started. You do not need the fancy stuff. I know I talked about audio earlier. Well, your phone probably came with a set of headphones that has a microphone on it. You're good to go. You have headphones and a mic. It's great. Get started. And so, you know, my tips, my, I always say, 
the best way to get started is simply to just get started. And so it doesn't necessarily mitigate the fear people have. I know that some people literally sweat bullets and they are like, I am terrified to be on video. And now you're telling me to go be on video live. Like, what am I supposed to do if something messes up or how am I even supposed to know? So I have a couple things to help you get over some of those emotions and that mindset piece. One is you need to get used to seeing yourself on video. And so, for example, if you're being invited to virtual meetings like Zoom meetings or, you know, Google Meet or whatever, turn on the camera. I want you to turn on the camera and get used to being on camera and because you know what? A Zoom meeting is a live video. That's actually live video. It's just not being streamed to a social media platform unless you're actually streaming it. But all of those types of interactions, it's still live video. Get on FaceTime with your your best friend. Get on FaceTime with your family. Get used to seeing yourself on screen. That is one of the best ways you're going to get over that emotion. Because when you start going live, it is. There is a little bit of something you have to get over of, oh my gosh, I'm on camera right now. I'm on camera and I'm live. But if you start doing introducing these other little you know, simpler, easier ways to get used to being on screen, safer ways, if you will, that will actually make it easier for you when you actually do go live on, you know, a public channel. So, you know, start with, like I said, you know, video calls and video chats with your friends and your family. Turn on the camera when you show up to a virtual meeting. Don't be that person that's sitting there with the avatar. Um, you know, practice with people. Get on um, get on some of these apps like the Marco Polo app or whatever and record a quick videos and send them to each other. Again, you just need to get used to seeing yourself on screen. But the other thing I'll say is that you can also practice live video. I don't think people realize that you can actually practice it without anyone seeing it. And there's a couple of really easy ways you can do this. One is when you go create a post on your social media, Facebook, for example, you can change your privacy settings. Now, what we all are pretty familiar with is public and friends and whatever, but if you actually click on the dropdown on that privacy click, then you're gonna see another option that says only me. And that's gonna allow you to actually create a post that no one can see except for you. And you can you can create a live video post. And so you can actually practice and see what it feels like and know what buttons to push and play around with the filters and whatever it might be that you want to try. And that's the way you can do it on mobile. Now, another way that I always recommend anyone who's going to be using live video in any kind of way is to go create a private Facebook group that just you are in. Now, I encourage you to bring in like a business peer or a friend or a loved one that, you know, is going to be able to hop on there for you and watch and give you feedback live while you're testing or practicing something. But now Facebook does allow you to create a group with just you in it. And so create a private Facebook group and use that as your sandbox, your playground. Try new things, try software, try new camera angles, try new microphones, whatever it might be. Use that to get used to doing it. Practice your actual live, like do a dry run of it. And and those are some of the best ways that you're going to get used and start to feel more comfortable, but don't get too hung up on perfecting it. I think that one of our biggest enemies is perfection and that everyone, they tend to focus on, well, I need to wait and budget and I got to, you know, save my money and get the right camera and get the right microphone. No, you don't. You need, you have a phone or a tablet. You're ready to get started with live video. And honestly, that is what I always say. The best way to get started is just simply just to get started. Yeah, I think that I think that's great. And I love in fact, one of my favorite uh, sayings is the P in perfection is poison. And I think uh, <laughs> that sometimes we forget that. And, and so Mel, you've given us some great uh, things that people need to do to get started. But when we cross this over into we'll just say business, which even though business is made up of people, how 
do businesses stop from making these live streaming mistakes? Because they seem like to be, I think sometimes to be even more hesitant to get started. Yeah, I think businesses, you know, what they, they feel this different level of pressure and that level of pressure is, is that they have to be professional. Like I, oh, we're, you know, to go live, like, I mean, heck I can go live, you know, up in my kitchen and be like, today I'm going to make shrimp tacos and teach you how to make shrimp tacos. And it's like my friends and my family and whatever. The the pressure is like way low. Cause if I screw up, it's like, who cares? It's funny. I mean, I actually cut my own hair on live video last year during the pandemic because, you know, the short hair, it's like, takes maintenance. Right. So after about six weeks, I was like, screw it. So I literally cut my hair on live video. So, I mean, you can literally have all kinds of fun and do whatever you want. And you feel like you get to just be yourself. But when it comes to your professional channels or a business that you might work for, or if you're an organization, there's a, people tend to put a little bit more like, they're like Oh, it's got to be buttoned up and professional. We can't make any mistakes. It's got to be good to go. Honestly, People still are not perfect, um, expecting perfection from a live video, even from a business. Live video is raw. It's meant to be raw. And that actually is what makes it very engaging. It also helps build the trust factor. When you're polished all the time and you make everything perfect and you edit everything, then you know, you're know you edited and polished. But when you show up real and raw and authentic on live video, even as a business, that's going to help build more trust. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about live videos. We're on social media to, you know, build trust because people aren't going to invest in us or join us or buy our programs or buy our products until they trust us. And so one of the best and fastest ways you can do that is with live video. But all the, all those tips I, I provided, they apply to anyone, whether you're a personal person, you know, going live or whether you're a business going live. So you always want to have a plan. You want to have an agenda. You don't want to be, you know, you want to create a good stream. But again, businesses can overthink this just as much as an individual. So, I mean, all the same stuff really applies, to be honest with you. This has been some, I mean, just some amazing like tips. I mean, it's just, it's interesting when you think about live streaming mistakes that people make, you know, the fact that a lot of times uh, people, like we put more pressure on ourselves than we need to. You know, we think like you mentioned it a minute ago, like you're talking about making like shrimp tacos. And I was like, you know, your family doesn't care what you look like, for example, they're entertained. And that's sort of one of the big benefits with live videos. You're there to entertain somebody, you know, and to share good information and good content. I know, Jim, you and I always talk about the importance of the content, not about the equipment, mm -hmm. you know. And so, um, you know, I, I just I love just all the tips that you've been sharing today uh, with our viewers and our listeners. Um, so I, I just have one last question for you. And that's really uh, where can people get in touch with you if they want to connect with you. You know, you've talked about your, uh, you know, scrappy doesn't have to be crappy method, uh, but where can people get in touch with you if they have questions? Yeah. So honestly, I would say go to my website, melaniediane.com and that's D-Y-A-N-N. -N. That's my middle name is spelled very uniquely. So if you go there, you can find all the great places to connect with me. But honestly, I'd say either check out my podcast, DIY Marketing School with Melanie Diane Howe, or if you are the kind of person that is looking to join other, you know, like-minded people, if you're a DIY marketer, as I like to say it, meaning you're doing your own marketing, then I would invite you to my Facebook group. It's called DIY Marketing with Melanie. And it's it's a great group. We have a lot of fun in there. I go live all the time and I answer questions, but it's a really great support system of other people that are figuring all this out just like you are and just like I am. So I would say, you know, the podcast and also the Facebook group for sure. Fantastic. Um, so I want to thank everybody uh, for joining us for episode 51 of the Launcher Live podcast, where we discussed five plus a bonus tip, wait, uh, live streaming mistakes that you 
want to avoid when you're getting started with live streaming. Uh, we talked about this with uh, Melanie Diane Howe, uh, but remember if you need any help with your live streaming, don't hesitate to reach out to Jam and myself on Facebook at Launch Your Live. Uh, for more information on this particular episode, just go to launchyour.live forward slash EP51. We will see you all on a future episode. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Launch Your Live podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit launchyour.live for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to even more episodes that will help you level up your live videos. That's launchyour.live. So until next time, keep going live.